Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing Stephen Beeson, the director and writer of the short film Hopeless Romantic, available on YouTube, produced through Beeson's Dogwood Studios alongside Tyler Vela. A day in the life of two hitmen. Matt's a temperamental yet straight-laced consummate professional with his own moral code. Sammy is a reckless, womanizing, drug-addicted liability with a taste for frying whiskey. Tempers flare, heads butt, intentions rise just a month later on Matt's birthday when he meets a dazzling lounge singer named Lizzie. Now, let's welcome in Stephen Beeson. Uh, welcome everyone. I am K.S. Garner and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I will be speaking with Stephen Beeson, the director and writer of the short film, Hopeless Romantic. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, nice to meet you, Kayla. I, we had talked uh, briefly at the last uh, Young Entertainment Professionals uh, Zoom meeting. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. It's, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, well, Stephen, can you just give the listeners just um, a little bit more on your background of who you are? I mean, obviously you're the director and writer of the short film, but like, right. who, who is Stephen? Who is Stephen about? Well, you know, I, uh, gosh, I was, I'm, was born and raised in Hot Springs, Arkansas, um, currently residing in Arkansas, um, just small town, you know, Midwest kind of Southern area. Um, and I mean, growing up, I always had a, a fascination with uh, movies and with films and particularly films as an art form. Um, and um, I mean, it started out, of course, I think, you know, with Westerns and, and things that my grandfather would watch with my mom, and that sort of tradition. And uh, really, I think what changed was, and it's a funny story because I know it it probably mirrors a lot of <laughs> guys my age, right? Um, I saw Reservoir Dogs, which was a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Um, and that was really the first film that got me thinking in terms of, you know, filmmaking as an accessible medium or as a thing that, um, it, it just felt like this was a guy who really was very passionate about films and was, you know, showing that sort of commitment and that passion through making films. And it felt like an independent film. It felt, you know, it wasn't a, a huge blockbuster uh, sort of affair, but it was an interesting story. And it did, um, you know, it was just incredibly inspiring in some ways. And I think probably the generation before myself felt that way about Evil Dead or, you know, those kind of films with you know, perhaps clerks, you know, and it really got me thinking very critically about this was an accept accessible uh, medium. And obviously I had always uh, had an interest in writing, uh, wasn't quite sure what medium it <laughs> was going to be. I think I tried uh, fan fiction there for a while. I hope nobody finds it, but <laughs> it's, uh, but, uh, you know, I was always interested in comic books and, and entertainment and these sort of things. And, uh, somewhere along the line, I just thought, you know, filmmaking would be, you know, it's possible and, and I think it would be fun. And, uh, you know, I think it would be something that hopefully I'm good at. So, um, 
about, gosh, I think it was uh, February. Well, no, it was, we wrapped filming on February 9th, but I started uh, of last year, 2020. Um, but, but, you know, I started production on my first short film, which was uh, Hopeless Romantic. And uh, it's been really incredible to see the reaction that, that people have had to that film. Um, it's been incredibly heartwarming and, and just uh, surreal to, to know how many people have watched it and, and how many people have seen it all around the world and the responses we're getting uh, in festivals. And it, it's, it's been really just uh, humbling in a lot of respects. That's great. Um, well, how, I guess, well, you just explained how you're handling it, but I guess as, as artists, we always expect like, ne like negative criticism or, you know, just people oh, always sure. have something to say. So, and it's like, how, how were you able to accept the fact that, you know, my film is actually getting this, these great reviews and a lot of people are really um, yeah. accepting it. So how do you, accept the, the praise from people when you maybe you were you weren't really expecting it well and i i think that's an excellent point because in a, a lot of respects it's easier for me to believe the criticisms mm -hmm. uh, than it is praise i think we as filmmakers and really artists of any medium uh there's certainly there's certainly an element of of imposter syndrome yeah uh, and so we you know it's particularly in filmmaking, you become really good at convincing everyone but yourself. <laughs> and uh, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been difficult uh, to, to kind of get over that, um, the kind of just surreal nature of it. But it's, uh, you know, it's obviously, it's, obviously I'm grateful. It's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's different. Uh-huh. And it's not to say that everyone has loved this film. I mean, uh -huh. obviously it's uh it's had its fair share of criticisms and and I will admit, you know, it for a first time effort, it does feel like a first time effort, but uh mm -hmm. hopefully a promising start. Yeah, I, I believe it's a promising start. Um Thank you. So what is Hopeless Romantic about? What inspired the film's narrative? You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I had actually uh, gone through a, a bit of a, a breakup and and a rough uh, sort of period there with relationships and some rejection and um, you know things that were happening uh, at the time. And one thing that I I thought about was using uh, filmmaking and, and screenwriting as a way to process some of that emotion and, and almost as if, a, almost as like a therapy. Um, and so what I did was I, I took these feelings that I had um, and processed them through the lens of this sort of noir um, crime genre film. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's incredibly uh, beautiful that that has resonated uh, with people the way that it has. Um, but, you know, in, in, in some respects, it's, uh, I, think it, I think it was Brad Pitt who recently uh, was at 
an award ceremony and, and talked about uh, turning his broken heart into art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that is, you know, just incredible advice for creatives, uh, especially creative writers and artists. Um, and that was certainly something that I think carried over with this film. Oh, that, yeah, that I think that's great. Um, well, you mentioned um, the advice from Brad Pitt, but I read that Pam Greer and Bobby Boswick, um, Barry Boswick, offer some great advice to you on your journey in working in entertainment. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. So, I mean, do you mind Pam sharing Greer the advice and, uh, they gave you? Yes, uh, Pam Greer and and Barry Boswick. I haven't met Brad Pitt, obviously, <laughs> but I did meet. Um, not yet, but no. <laughs> I met uh, Pam Greer and Barry Bostwick both at a comic book convention, uh, kind of a pop culture uh, convention here in town called Spotcon. Um, and I believe I met Pam particularly, I met her in 2018. Um, and I think Barry Bostwick was the following year in 2019. Um, and both of those, um, both of them are, are absolute gems. I mean, they are just as kind and, and wonderful as you would expect them to be. Um, and it was funny, I had, I had won VIP tickets to this, uh, this convention in, here in town, uh, the year that Pam Greer was here. And I think there was a lot of guys my age or you know kids my age who weren't kind of as familiar with her work unfortunately um but I did obviously I was and I I spent as much time as I could and she was very gracious um to just spend almost like half an hour just kind of talking to me and and really uh you know explaining a lot of things and I I had a lot of questions um about uh, Jackie Brown, which was another Tarantino film, and uh, a lot of her work with Jack Hill, uh, like I believe Foxy Brown and Coffee, and there was another one that we talked about in particular called The Big Bird Cage, which was one of the uh, older 1970s women in prison films. And I think it was cool for her that, you know, obviously someone was you know, still, you know, invested in these films and, and still so um, passionate about them. I hope so. But uh, I hope that's what she thought. But um, we got to talk and, and she was explaining things and um, she recommended that I, you know, purchase Final Draft for screenwriting. Um, she explained to me that, you know, actually, it's funny, we talked about uh, social media and creating a social media mm-hmm. presence and Twitter and how that in this age of celebrities, uh, there's not as much need for a PR person. Um, your PR is Twitter. You go on and you make your statements or you make your announcements or you apologize <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it was fascinating to get to um, pick her brain uh, obviously with her wealth of knowledge um, about the industry. And, and that was obviously, I, I mean, it, it's incredibly uh, beneficial, you know, for me. And, and I felt like 
because of her impact um, on these style of genre films and on these kind of gritty crime, you know, movies of that era. Um, it, it felt right to dedicate the film to her. Um, Barry Bostwick, I met about a year later at the same convention. Um, and he was a part of, uh, he was there doing a Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, live show. They, they play the movie and they have audience interaction. Yeah. And it got, it's very loud. I don't know if you've ever been to one, but it's- No, but I would love to. Oh, it is, it's, a, it's a riot and it is loud and it is electric and it's just an incredible experience. Um, but I got to speak to him briefly at the convention. And one thing that he, that he uh, specifically uh, talked about was that when you're writing a script, a lot of young screenwriters tend to bite off a little bit more than they can chew. Um, because when we all sit down and we're writing, we think about, well, the army is going to go over the hill. And that was the example he used, but he said, what we don't think about is if an army has a hundred men, we're now talking about a hundred cast members all in uniform. We have to, you know, find a hill. And of course, all of these things add up. And it was, it was interesting because both of uh, these you know, just, I mean, heavyweights of entertainment, in my opinion, we're talking about things from a business side of things, and, and of course, the creative side, but I felt like both of them were incredibly genuine um, in speaking to me as an artist and as a creative. I didn't feel like there was any sort of, you know, like talking down to me or, you know, as you may find in some, you know, celebrities case I don't know but they were incredibly genuine incredibly humble and incredibly eager um, to answer you know my questions and uh, so I was in incredibly thankful and and just incredibly grateful for that okay um just to piggyback off of what Pam Greer was saying about social media um what's the difference between skits on like Instagram or TikTok versus like a short film? Like, would you recommend someone doing skits just as practice before exploring film? Or would you just tell them, would you just say like film is a completely different animal than skits? Well, I think it, I mean, I think it depends. I, I, I think it, it does depend. I think a lot of, uh, well, I'll say this, a lot of the TikTok influencers and a lot of the Instagram influences, influencers are uh, making the transition. They're, they're crossing over into mainstream film. And so there's a lot more weight and a lot more celebrity behind uh, the sort of social media skits and, and things of that nature. And so I can't say one way or another um, that you should or shouldn't do anything because, I mean, like I was saying, um, what people were doing, you know, with Evil Dead or with Reservoir Dogs or with Clerks, it's a different animal, but it is, they, the, the, the industry has evolved in, in a lot of ways. And so I think 
you know, the main thing that I would say is if you are creative and if you want to create a short film versus you want to create a TikTok versus you want to do vid, I, I wouldn't get too hung up on the technicalities or the, you know, is this a film or is it not? I would just say, whatever you want to do, just do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that in a lot of ways, we're our own worst enemy. And so, you know, don't, don't sabotage yourself. I mean, um, certainly, yeah, you know, I, I don't understand the, the TikTok craze, you know, I don't, <laughs> I haven't used it or, or figured it out. I, don't, I wouldn't know how to use it, but a lot of people do. And a lot of people have a lot of success with it. And so, you know, I would just say whatever you're doing that's holding you back, I mean, just, you know, go for it. Because you have, no, you know, you have nothing to lose and, and everything to gain in that mm -hmm. respect, um, especially with this crossover sort of success. I mean, I, I see, um, I saw recently that like Addison Rae, who I had never even heard of, but uh, she's on The Tonight Show. And then there's uh, this, uh, uh, gosh, it's the, the Driver's License song. Like she's got her own album and she's doing Saturday yeah. Night Live and, uh, you know, all of these huge venues. Mm -hmm. It's all because of these social media skits. So I think it is a, I think it is a different medium. And I think there's a little bit different learning curve to it. But I certainly, I can't, you know, I can't knock it. I mean, it, it works for some people. And I would say that you could probably transition from one to the other very easily if, you know, it's yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the same advice that I give other people as well. They ask me about like about doing a podcast or anything else with writing. I just say, you know, if you want to do it, just go ahead and do it. It's mainly about just using with, with just working with what you have, really. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and being yeah. consistent. So right, and I, I mean, the tools are more accessible than ever mm -hmm. um that's one thing that i think is really really not pushed enough uh is that anybody with an iphone can go out and make a movie the you know the green screens you can buy for you know 20 or 30 dollars or 50 dollars it's not it's not as outlandish as it was mm -hmm. and it's certainly not as outlandish as having to go buy, a, you know, an actual, like back in the day, like the film reels and processing mm -hmm. them and sending them to the lab. Um, you can upload your audio files and your video files to your laptop or to your MacBook, and it's right there. And so it's easier than ever to make a movie. Um, and I see a lot of people on social media, I see it particularly in in you know our circles with uh, you know more kind of nerdy content and, and stuff mm -hmm. it's like oh my god you know what, what are they doing with star wars <laughs> you, know, it's like, you know you see those discussions and and part of me i you know i understand it i get it you know but on the other hand if you're unhappy with the content that's out there I would say go make content, go tell the stories you want to see. And, yeah. and just, you know, if that's a five second 
video on Instagram, or if it's a if it's a 20 minute short film, if it's a 60 minute short film, just try to find a way to bring that to life. And and I think most of the time, I, I think it'll turn out better than you expect, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at least you'll get the experience. Then you'll see why. Right. You can say doing... that you've done it, right? Yeah, you no, know? You... Then you'll see why they're doing what they're doing with Star Wars or with Marvel because this is what exactly. they got. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, could you go in just a little bit into the detail of the creative process with this film? I guess like writing it and then casting your actors and maybe collaborating with some people? Yeah. So um, actually about, oh gosh, um, it took me about six months I would say to really write the script uh, which is probably a little bit long for 20 pages uh, but uh, which the finished script was about 20 pages but um, how much was the draft how long was the draft it was I think the draft was about 20 pages and we cut it down to 17, 17 and then the the film itself is only about 15 minutes so that's another thing is that I learned very quickly is is right now I'm working on my first feature Mm -hmm. um, and the first draft is 130 pages (laughs) you know I got to cut that down and get that probably to about you know 110 115 and by the time you start looking at actually producing it somebody's going to come in and they're going to say, oh, well, let's, you know, get this down to 90. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, you look at stuff like, you know, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or certainly Avengers Endgame. Uh, those are by very successful, you know, filmmakers and teams that have more, you know, they've kind of proven themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Cutting down is a, a, a great skill. Uh, just as a side note, uh, Elmore Leonard, one of my favorite novelists, uh, who did write Run Punch, which was the basis for the film Jackie Brown with uh, mm-hmm. Pam Greer. Elmore Leonard once said uh, in a quote that uh, writers should be measured not by the words they write, but by how many words they cut. So uh, that always stuck with me. Um, But anyway, yeah, it it took me about six months or so to kind of cut the film down and, uh, you know, just get that script right. And uh, the ending went through several different changes. Um, And then once I had scripted it, um, I was fortunate enough to find uh, a friend of mine who had entered some short film festivals before and uh, seemed like he could do some of the more, you know, camera work and audio and sound mixing. Um, and then he dropped out <laughs> as, uh, as these things, you know, always, you know, have a catch, right? Yeah. Um, well, I managed to find another friend and that friend put me in touch with his friend who had worked on season three of True Detective, which was actually shot 
um, in Fayetteville. So Fayetteville, Arkansas is probably a good two or three hours from where I'm at. Oh, wow. But yeah, but, uh, you know, it was still, it was still there. Like I said, it's all accessible nowadays. Oh. And I had connected with, his name was Tyler Vela. And uh, I mean, the, the film was honestly 100% volunteer work. We all just really came together, um, was lucky enough that Tyler had the connections to bring on uh, Southern Arkansas University Tech um, and their film department, film school, their students um, did a fantastic job, um, did just a, a beautiful job. I mean, the, the teacher there is really, you know, doing some great work with those guys. And uh, from there, it really started coming together. We held um, auditions at the uh, public library. And uh, so, I mean, it, it was slow and it took us about, you know, a good couple of months to get things really, really pieced together. Um, mm -hmm. There were some things that were harder than others. Um, and that kind of ties into what uh, Barry Bostwick had told me about just, you don't realize how um, expensive or, or how outlandish certain things can be, you kind of take it for granted. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, just even the fact that there was a singer or that there was a singing part uh, in this film, you think, well, you know, it's just, you, know, you just have a lounge singer come on, you know, that's, that's no problem. And you're partially right, but what you don't realize when you're watching films is, well, you know, there's royalties and there's rights involved and you have to have this permission and you know you may have to adjust your audio or you may mm -hmm. have to dub over and so I think it is a lot of it is a learning curve um, and that's why that's why I was saying just you know get out there and do it because I feel like for however good or bad Hopeless Romantic is it's not the same movie I would have made today right yeah and so I think that's, you know, that's a huge thing there, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I think about with um, certain things that I do, particularly with my writing. Like I looked, my first book I wrote, I was, when I first actually wrote it, I was 23. It, we didn't publish it until I was 25. And yeah. then I'm like, I look at it now at 29, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what is this yeah, that I right, yeah. And then yeah. the second one I wrote when I was, I think when I was 25, but we didn't publish it until I was 28. And even yeah. with, even with some fan fiction that I wrote myself, I'm like, oh man, these run on sentences and all these commas and Oh you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a yeah. lot, and it's. I mean, I'm. I'm glad but, I made I mean, the mistakes. You, so, but like, aren't you glad that you have it, and you can see how far you've come? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm glad I did it, and I, I'm glad. Like, yeah, like I said, I'm. I'm glad I just I did it, so I don't really have any regrets. I mean, I don't mind that I made a bunch of mistakes, but I still did it. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you. You know, I feel the same way because I've looked at stuff that were. Uh, scripts that I you know tried to cobble together when I was a teenager and it's like oh my god <laughs> it's just you know you kind of cringe you know 
Um, and that's good. I mean, that's a good reaction because it's showing that you've grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and that's, that's another thing that I would really admonish a lot of these filmmakers nowadays is don't go into this thinking you know everything Mm -hmm. because there's you don't I mean (laughs) honestly I mean the top of the top filmmakers I don't think they know everything because Mm -hmm. it's so what you're doing with film is it is so just unstable it's so unpredictable and that's part of the magic of it is it's a it's a collaborative process and you're learning as you go, but you know, it's, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I had some, you know, hand holding on set, just like walking me through, uh, wait, we're doing what, you know? So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always great to learn from your mistakes and see how far you've come. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in particular, there's a, there's a scene in, in this film, uh, where uh, spoilers, you know, but uh, a character is shot with a shotgun. Well, we had originally scripted that scene and planned it out, and uh, the owner of the location knew that there was going to be a big, you know, spray of this, uh, you know, Hershey's syrup concoction, and we're, you know, we're all gonna like everything's planned, and we've got the shot planned, and then this is gonna blow back, and it's all good, and. Uh, I had walked away to go film another scene uh, at a different location. The, the crew was setting up the plastic, you know, wrap on the, the walls of this motel. Um, and we got to, we, we, you know, I get to set and uh, they set up the plastic curtain on the wrong side. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so it would have taken us, you know, 30 minutes to an hour take everything down, reset it. In the meantime, uh, my technical producer, the weapons guy, you know, he's got to get off set at six o'clock. He's got to be home for a wife and kids. And so, you know, it's like, well, what do you do? You've got to rework the shot right there. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that happened. And, and those are the kind of things that you're never going to, you know, be able to predict. And, and so I think at some level, you kind of have to have fun. And you have to have fun at your own expense, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just, you know, learn from your mistakes, like you said. Yeah. Um, with my last question with you um, is what is your idea of success? And I ask that because um, if you're not making money or have a regular, like have regular paychecks coming in, like a full-time job, um, you're not sure. successful. That's what we're, we're all conditioned to believe. Um, sure. Sure. So yeah. it's like e- 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 so a lot of us will um, give up our dreams or put them on a back burner. Um, we may be hesitant or doubtful about pursuing this career path because it's highly competitive or maybe highly emanating. Oh, so, you know, yeah. What is your idea of success, quote unquote success? You know, I would, I would say this, if you take away the, the glitz and the glamour and, and all of the financial, you know, benefits, I, you know, obviously I'm not making money at this yet, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I will say this, the thing that I consider success 
is if somebody watches my film and enjoys it. Um, because I made, you know, I made a film uh, and I made it with myself as the audience in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't telling something that I thought someone would want to see. Um, I just told the story. And if one person besides myself, you know, has some joy or some sort of, you know, they feel something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to feel happy, but you could feel scared. It's a scary movie, or you could feel sad because it's a drama, or you could, you know, whatever you're trying to accomplish. I think making another person have some emotion about what you have created is a beautiful thing. Um, and I know, you know, people people like to talk about uh, you know, like that movie, The Room, which is like mm-hmm. the worst, the worst movie of all time. Or uh, there was a movie Tim Burton did um, called Ed Wood, which was about the actual director behind Plan Nine from Outer Space, and it's just as bad as you've heard, right? But the thing is, as as bad as those guys are on pretty much every level, they're still appreciated in some weird sense yeah because they are so committed and they're so dedicated to their art and you know art but they're they did it they did like even if you were just a nobody right you can at least you know looking from the outside looking in you can say that they made something yeah and that's the thing that I think is lost on a lot of people is, you know, you can't look at something and say, well, I, I could do better than that because, you know, well, okay, let's, we'll try, you know, let's, let's do this, you know, and let's, and, and I think that's, that's just such a incredible thing to create something that even if it's bad, it resonates with someone on some level. That's a that's a deeply human thing, you know, to to create some kind of emotion through art, uh, and that that to me is success, especially with film, which is a a visual medium. It's a narrative. It's uh, I, I think that to me is you know truly success, as if you can just give someone a feeling. Yeah, that's great. Maybe ignite that spark in them almost. You know, that's a great point. I mean, ignite that spark. If I made a terrible film and it encourages someone, my God, I got to make something better than that, right? (laughs) That's still, uh, that to me is success. And I mean, like, I'm I'm not knocking myself here, but, 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 you know, the, the response that I've gotten that's been positive that, you know, um, people on LinkedIn and, you know, Twitter and uh, Facebook are, you know, writing me and expressing that they liked the film or, you know, that they, you know, subscribed or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's just, it feels good. It's a, it's a good feeling to know that something you made matters and it matters because you created it. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, 
is there anything else that you wanted to share? I know you mentioned that your your next film is supposed to be a feature film, correct? I'm I'm attempting to yes. Uh, so uh, I just finished uh, 130 pages of the first draft. Um, I'll be kind of trimming that down and having a final draft. I'm also working on some shorts, uh, possibly pursuing the kind of Kickstarter Indiegogo world and, you know, trying to build up a little bit of a name and just really, you know, having some fun with this and uh, maybe even exploring different mediums. I'm, I'm looking into possibly the comic book world. Uh, I know a lot of films are being adapted from comic books. And so I've thought myself about, you know, just kind of cutting out the middleman, so to speak, <laughs> you know, just uh, make a film, make a comic and adapt it into a film. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, I'm pursuing a lot of different things and I, I may have an announcement coming soon as far as the next project. Uh, yeah. um, where can um, where can our listeners find find you and find the romantics, um, hopeless, hopeless romantic? Oh gosh, okay. So uh, I am on Twitter at B Movie Magic. You can find me on Instagram at B Movie Magic, uh, Facebook Hopeless Romantic Short Film. Uh, you can find me at Beeson's Dogwood Studios on Facebook. And that's also the same name as my uh, YouTube channel, which is where Hopeless Romantic was uploaded. Um, you know, we, we are doing the film festival circuit right now. Uh, we have just gotten our like fifth official selection. Uh, we got, uh, made the semifinals in San Francisco this month uh, and made the finals in uh, Paris, France. There was a festival there that we did pretty well in. So um, yeah, definitely I, I'm around. You'll find me, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually uh, found Stephen on LinkedIn. Through, um, exactly, one yes, I am on LinkedIn. And uh, you know, definitely you know, contact me if you need a script, if you need uh, you know, some advice. I'm, I'm happy to help. Uh, independent filmmakers. Let's put our heads together and brainstorm and make something cool. Thank you once more to Stephen Beeson, the director and writer of the short film Hopeless Romantic, for speaking with me. I look forward to his and Dogwood Studios' future projects. For more information about this film, Stephen, and Dogwood Studios, please see the episode's description. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.